Good morning! Welcome to worship at Mount Olive Lutheran Church. Today is All Saints Sunday. This is that observance day that uh, throughout the life of the church, we, and this is happening all over the world today, that uh, we take this time now to remember those people who have been a part of, part of our faith community or who have been a part of the extended faith community that we have an opportunity to know throughout our faith journeys. And um, this is the day that we remember those folks who have, have passed. Living God, in whom there is no shadow or change, we thank you for the gift of, eter- of life eternal. And for all those who, having served you well, and who now rest from their labors, we thank you. For all the saints, remembered and forgotten, and for those dear souls, most precious to us. Today, we give thanks for those who during this last 12 months have died and entered into glory. We bless you, Lord, for their life and love, and we rejoice for them. Receive them into the arms of your mercy into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. Amen. Our Holy Gospel today is from the 11th chapter of John, beginning at verse 32. Glory to you, O Lord. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, they replied. Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, the sister of the dead man said, By this time there will be a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for those of the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out in his hands and feet, wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to him, take off the grave claws and let him go. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me as we pray together the Holy Spirit prayer this morning in our time of meditation together today. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. For those of us who walk this Christian Uh, this Lutheran Christian expression of faith, we know that Martin Luther coined the phrase simul justa et peccator, which basically means that as a Christian, we are at the same time a sinner 
and a saint. Now, I don't recall the first time that I ever heard that phrase, or for that matter, I don't recall when it first began to make some sense for me in my walk of faith. But I do know that over time, throughout my life, this fundamental understanding of faith, of being simultaneously a saint and a sinner, it has been part of that paradox that I live within as a person of faith. Knowing full well that I fall short of the glory of God every day, and yet in the eyes of Christ, and through the redemptive work of Christ alone, I am justified and I am in a right relationship with God in and through the eyes of Christ. I am a saint. As hard as that is for us to believe sometimes, in the eyes of Jesus we are saints because of what he has already done for us. We are children of God. We are one of millions of people who live in that assurance of his divine mercy and grace every day of our lives. And I would like to think that because of that, we have come to have an awareness of God's love as Reverend Kent Knutson said, and I quoted last week, that we have come to have the awareness of that love and that we trust in that love and that because we have an awareness and because we trust in that love, we also respond to that love and we are also grateful for the generosity and the graciousness of God who has loved us so much that God became one of us in the person of Jesus. That every one of us is a recipient of his divine mercy and grace every day. Last week, I quoted Reverend Kent Knutson, former ALC bishop, who said that part of the equation of that faith is coming to being aware of God's love. And I think there's another way of saying that, or perhaps asking that. And I think it's a question that sounds like this. When did you become aware of your saintliness in the eyes of God? Well, we know from last week that uh, Pastor Al reminded us that for a person like Frederick Beekner, it didn't really come to faith or didn't have an awareness of that saintliness until he was 32 years old. And we know that Martin Luther, in his struggles with his journey of faith, he didn't actually come to have that realization of his saintliness until probably sometime in his early 20s. And as I have had conversations with a multitude of people throughout my life, I think that becoming aware of our saintliness in the eyes of God is a lifelong process. still kind of pains me a little bit when I hear Lutheran Christians say, I don't know if I've done enough. I hear that a lot from Lutheran Christians who say, I don't know if I've done enough. As if there's ever any doubt 
that what Jesus has already done for us is already enough. Jesus has done everything necessary in order for us to share in his eternal salvation. You can't do anything to earn it. Jesus has done everything. Yes, you become aware of that love. Yes, you trust in that love. And yes, the things that you do, you do them because it's out of response to that love. It has nothing to do with earning Christ's love. You simply do them because you are responding to the greatness of God's love in your life. Your salvation, your eternal life is assured already because of what Jesus Christ has already done for you and for me. I've been thinking about pie this week. I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that Thanksgiving's coming up or, or what, but uh, maybe it was just helping me in my thought process as I was working on this meditation today. As I was beginning to take that mental inventory of some of the people who have brought the kingdom of God near to me in my walk of faith, Throughout all of my life, God has made it possible for people to come into my life and to offer that small slice or perhaps maybe even a, just a small sliver of the nearness of God and the nearness of the kingdom through their witness to me. And the nearness of God through each of these people, I can tell you, has been unique. It's been flawed it's inspirational, it's been at times encouraging, empathetic, and yes, there's even been a lot of wisdom shared. Sometimes that nearness of God comes to me in an authoritative form or voice, and yet sometimes it comes to me as a gentle voice. Oftentimes it comes to me as a directive voice, and sometimes as a gracious voice. Those are just a few of the qualities of how I have come to have an awareness of God's love in my life through my encounter with other people. And so I've had these little moments of where I've had the experience of having the nearness of God come into my life and to help me along my journey to have the faith that I have today and to have this sense of being aware of Christ's great love for me. Most of you have heard me talk about my mom, and she was extremely faithful at bringing us to the Lord's house every Sunday. Seems to be a lost art amongst people today. And one of the pieces of the evidence that I have is a keepsake of that faithfulness is this little keepsake. It's my perfect attendance pin and bars. I think I've showed this to you before. I have eight years, eight years of perfect Sunday school attendance. That's because whether I was sick, dying, or 
throwing up violently or whatever. I was in church, I was in Sunday school, and I got to put my star up there onto that board to show that I had been in Sunday school every single day, every single Sunday that they offered Sunday school. And you had to. You, you had to have a, a massively, massively serious excuse not to earn this. However flawed that system, however flawed that system of conjoling, persuading, coaxing, or motivating us to be in Sunday school, it worked. And I have the bars to prove it. Did my mom provide that to us out of a sense of obligation, out of a sense of duty? Or did she want us to know more about God's great love for us in Jesus? I don't really know because I never really asked my mom that question. But I'm grateful that she did it. And that little slice of pie, that slice of pie in my life and the influence that she had on bringing me to faith in Jesus is one of the larger pieces of pie that I have in my life. Oh, by the way, it's pumpkin pie. Because pumpkin pie is nice, clean slices. And it sticks together. I'll always be grateful to God for my path of, to the cross with Emery Johnson. Emery Johnson was a person who came into my life at a very crucial period when I grieved the loss of my dad at age 15. And for Emery Johnson, he, he was the presence of Jesus in my life through his care, his positive attitude, and through the love of Jesus that he shared with me without hesitation. Without reservation or without hesitation, he shared the love of Jesus with me. And this is the one thing that I could always count on with Emery. Every time we were together, regardless of whatever the occasion was, whenever we would part, he would always say, Jesus loves you, Craig. Never can I ever remember a time ever departing from Luther, Emery's presence when he, when he wouldn't say, Jesus loves you, Craig. This, for me, is one of those times in my life when I began to become aware of God's great love for me. It was the beginning of my trusting in God in a time to begin coming out of my shell, to come out from behind that wall that I had constructed, that I was hiding behind. And for me to have the privilege to have the nearness of God come to me in the person of Emery Johnson, that is, a, that is a big slice of pie in my life. Pastor Nyer Ernest, he was my internship pastor in Seattle, Washington at Emmanuel Lutheran Church. He was a saint in my life. He influenced my understanding of the gospel in more ways than I can even express today. He lived humility. He lived, he lived it. He lived acceptance. He lived love for people. He lived compassion and mercy and grace and inclusiveness. He saw every person as a child of God. 
but he also had a toughness and a street smarts that held people responsible. I experienced the nearness of the kingdom through his life and through his witness. And that slice of pie in my life is huge. And I want to tell you about one other person. Her name is Gracie. She was the kitchen cook at the Emanuel Shelter in downtown Seattle. And I'll tell you, Gracie was scary. She was a scary person. She was rough. She was bossy. And yet she was a saint. I can't even begin to explain to you. Now, now Gracie, she loved cooking and she loved serving people. And when she loved serving people, she wanted it to be the best it could possibly be. There was nothing second rate about the food that she served. Everything was elegant. Everything was exquisite. And this was to homeless people. She loved these people. We would make trips down to the Second Harvest Food Bank in my little blue Datsun B210. Anybody remember what a Datsun B210 looks like? Little, a little teensy car. And we would fill that car to overflowing, and the back end of my car would be weighed down, and I don't even know if my shocks could take it anymore. And Gracie was a, not a small person, and she took up a lot of space in my little car. But she could take those remnants, she could take those seconds, and she could make them into a gourmet meal. She was a saint in my life, even with that rough and tough veneer outside. These are just a few people in my life who have been saints in my life. And they are people that I have had the privilege to cross paths with and to have been the presence of God in my life. And they have been the nearness of the kingdom of God through their witness. And they have helped me in my walk of faith to become more aware of God's love in many respects. And they have helped me to become aware of my saintliness in the eyes of God. And each of these individuals in my life are both saint and sinner at the same time. Even in the midst of all of their faults, their flaws, and their shortcomings, they were saints. And I hope that you take some time, get a piece of paper and a pencil, or sit down at your computer today, and think, start sitting down and thinking about all of those people that you have crossed paths with in your life who have been saints in your life. Do it. I've already started my list, and it's already over a page long. I don't think you'll regret taking the time to think back. Go back as far as you can remember and think about those people who have been saints in your life. And all of this has been made possible because of the person of Jesus Christ. 
Our saintliness, our being in a right relationship, God, is only possible because of what Christ Jesus has already done for us. Through Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, we are children of God. Today is All Saints Sunday. It's a day in which we remember and we give thanks for the saints who now rest in Christ's everlasting arms of grace. And as we remember them, we know that each of them lived their lives in the eyes of Christ as both simultaneously a saint and a sinner. And during their lives, Christ was at work in and through them. And that is a miracle in itself. That through Christ, God's reign and mercy showed through their lives. And this is the miracle that is available to us who still have breath and the gift of living each day in the graces and the mercies of Christ that through the transforming power of Christ's love in our lives, we still have the privilege, we still have the opportunity to be a vessel, to be an instrument of Christ's mercy in the world. And because of the miracle of Christ, we go from this place forgiven, blessed, for our journey, and we are called and sent to be ordinary saints in God's world. Two years ago, I shared a small phrase from an old Anglican children's hymn that speaks of what I am wanting to say about this day. The words are simply this, I sing a song of the saints of God, and I want to be one too. Because of the miracle of Christ and his redemptive love, we get to be saints. Two. Amen. Please join me as we pray the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.